Hey there. Welcome to the Girl Go Global podcast where faith and works are empowered. With every episode, we're discussing what it takes to pursue purpose intentionally while doing everything we have in our hearts to do. Together, we're embracing our multi-layered lives with faith, know-how, and grit. I'm your host, Dr. Jasmine, and I'm ready to go global with you. Let's get started. Dr. Jasmine here. I'm so excited to share with you a personal story today. This time, it's just not me interviewing. It's not just me talking. I have with me my girl, Tiffany Renee from The Muse and The Messenger. If you have listened to the Girl Go Global podcast, you know her. But if you have not, you will. You are in for a treat. And you are in for a treat particularly because she is my girl. That's my friend. And I don't hang with people who are not dope, who are not fabulous. And that is why she's here to interview me. So sit back, enjoy our conversation, and I look forward to you just letting me know in the comments what you think. Dr. Jazz, you have done what many cannot. You got me sitting on the couch in front of a camera. Uh, but I couldn't be more honored. For so many, we've been storytellers mm -hmm. and we have told so many people's stories and we've written them and we were in the background. And today, plot twist. Plot twist, right. <laughs> plot twist. Um, so today, you've decided to be the story. How about that? Mm -hmm. And share with us a deeply personal journey. Yes. Um, and so I am, again, honored that you would choose me and ask me to sit and have this conversation with. I couldn't think of no better person honestly um particularly because not only because you're a good friend of mine but more so because um you're good at this right <laughs> and <laughs> you're good at pulling out stuff from people in ways that are authentic caring empathetic as well as really you know you kind of went with me through the journey so who who else would I choose <laughs> well thank you I appreciate you for that uh so should we let the people in on this life that you've been living privately? That's why we're here, girl. Okay. So I'm ready. So, you know, I'm a candid, straight to the point kind of person, right? Um, you fought cancer and you won. How about that? Thank you God. You fought cancer and you won. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with this conversation. Um, it's a lot that we can kind of go into, but let's just start from the very beginning and let's just make our way through the journey. Um, and I am here and I will hold your hand Thank you. the entire way. Okay. I'm, I'm getting emotional actually. Well, don't get, well, if you get emotional, we got tissues. You know, <laughs> I'm sharing something that when people listen to this, it's going to be like many of my own, my own family members who don't even know. Wow. So I'm getting emotional just because because of that, you know what I mean? But also just because I have not like publicly shared, it's been a few people here and there, some of my right. closest, closest knit family and things of that nature, but. We kind of did it together if we're being completely honest. Um, I had an experience, I shared it with you after I had held it to myself for about two years. Mm -hmm. And then weeks later, or months later, you shared with me what you were going through. So let's, let's go back. You go and you get a mammogram. Is this your first mammogram? Have you ever had a mammogram before? Well, I'm going to roll it back further. We're in a pandemic. Okay. Um, my husband and I drove to Florida to visit his family. We didn't want to take COVID there, so we stayed isolated. We drove all the way to Florida from Maryland because his, we were staying with his, his parents. And, you know, obviously we don't want to take COVID to their home, so... We got there, stayed there, had a good time two weeks, had not been off from work, had not been traveling, obviously due to COVID. And a few days before, 
We decided to leave. It was time for us to leave. We stayed there about two weeks. I found a lump. I woke up seven o'clock in the morning, just had an itch under my left breast. And I scratched and I said, oh, what's that? Do you know what I mean? And I'm like shaking my husband, waking him up, like, feel this. You know what I mean? And I said, I think that's a lump, right? And so it's seven o'clock in the morning. I wake up and I say, okay, I got to call my doctor. I, like I waited till about 830 to call my GYN to get an appointment. I got an emergency appointment for the following day, um, Tuesday or so when I got back home. Um, so no, I had not had a mammogram <laughs> to answer your question. I was 39, newly married. Um, we had uh, just celebrated one year of marriage in a pandemic. So we got married May, 2019, pandemic. Uh, we traveled to Florida in August, 2020. That's when I found the lump. And so my life has been forever changed since that moment. Okay. So we all know that if we find a lump for those who have found a lump, we know that the first thing we do, so we, like you said, we call our doctor mm -hmm. and then usually we go through all these tests. We go through another mammogram. Maybe they do a biopsy. Um, it's this back and forth. Um, they do ultrasounds, things of that nature. Um, so you go through that. When do you get the diagnosis? Well, I... Well, I, call, I went to my GYN that Tuesday, like I said. I mean, I, and it's like, people may say, well, why, how do you remember these dates? Like certain dates are like kind of like engrafted in my mind. Absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, after all this time, I still know which day, how it happened, just because this is a life-changing moment. So, but to answer your question, I go to the doctor. She literally says, I don't think it's anything. She said, it may be a cyst. You know, this happens to young women all the time. It should go away after your cycle or whatever, so many days or whatever. And I'm like, no, I'm, you know, getting dressed from her after she examined me. And I said, I want a, a biopsy. And she looks at me and I said, I want a biopsy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, breast cancer runs in my family. My grandmother and my great grandmother were diagnosed. I think my great grandmother may have passed from um, breast cancer before I was born, but my grandmother did not pass away from it. She was treated and she was fine, but I needed a biopsy and I had to advocate for myself. So what if I had not I had just walked away trusting what my doctor said. Not to say that I shouldn't trust my doctor, but I need proof. Well, some of them, well, some of them <laughs> we shouldn't trust. Let's be, well, how about that? Let's be <laughs> real. Um, again, you know, we share these similar um, experiences. So shout out to you for advocating for yourself. I think um, people just blindly trust doctors, right? And sometimes we can't do that, especially as black women. We can't do that. We can. um, there's a disparity and it exists and we know about it. And so... We can't be closed mouth about it. So I commend you for advocating for yourself um, and just letting the people know, like, if they don't offer you a biopsy, you can ask you can for ask. one. Um, and you, if they say no, you can go to another doctor. How absolutely. About that? <laughs> uh, so, you have insurance for a reason. <laughs> so I'm so glad that you did that um, and you set that example for whoever may see this or whoever may hear this, that you can advocate for yourself. And I encourage you to advocate for yourself like you did. Uh, so... We can imagine how that feels and the surprise that's associated with uh, a, someone telling you you have breast cancer or you're being challenged with breast cancer. How did it surprise you beyond what, you know, what we can imagine? Well, 
you know, just to kind of like go back a little bit. Two doctors told me that it was nothing. My GYN in that moment. And I sh I'm not <laughs> discrediting my G. I love my GYN. Um, and she did not hesitate to write the order for me to go see the, sur the breast surgeon. Um, so thank God for that. Um, right. When I actually saw the breast surgeon, he did the same thing. He was feeling like this doesn't feel like. I guess what it normally after he had been practicing for over 40 years. So obviously he has known has experience in this and he said, but it's going to be fine. He tested and then it came back. Um, stage one being triple negative breast cancer. But before I, I, I guess I got the final diagnosis when it was like all the uncertainty, you know, my GYN said, oh, no, I don't think it's anything, the, the, the surgeon. But in between that time, I also had an ultrasound. So the radiologist, she examined me. So the tech kept going in and out the room. She mm -hmm. went in and out of the room about, I guess, maybe three or four times. I said, that may have unnerved That me. last time, I'm <laughs> like, you want to tell me what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, I told her, you want to tell me what's going on. You're going in and out of the room. And my heart is like pounding. Right. So the first time I really heard it was from the radiologist. How about that? Wow. So that's they're what, not even supposed to do that. They're not even supposed <laughs> so. to do that. Uh, but, but I mean, to when, ease your concerns. Right. Did. So she, um, the tech came in and out and she says, I think it's cancer. So I'm sitting there. I'm stunned. I'm right. literally staring out into space. And they're like, mm. I don't know. I can't even remember whether I'm crying or what. But I just know that I'm like shocked. Why am I shocked? I'm shocked because... Any, anybody who knows me, I eat clean. I'm halfway vegan, pescatarian, organic, you know, juicing. You're part of the reason why I started eating clean. Like, <laughs> let's be You know, clear. so it's like, how did, that, how did this happen to me? Right. Then, so this is COVID. So my husband is out. I was going to say, where's Brian? He is out in the lobby area. Can't come in, even come in the waiting room or anything. This is COVID. Mm. I come out. I look both ways in the hallway and he's on my right and he's coming down and I almost collapsed in his arms. Jesus. And he's like, oh, babe, babe. And he's basically picking me up and I'm crying. Mm. Mm -hmm. So that's when I first heard it. So, you know, I get home. I talk to my mom about what happened. We, we praying, we praying. You like, right. you know, that's what we do. Right. And so at this time we're still at this, by this point, we're still waiting for, uh, the, breast surgeon to call with the diagnosis or to contact me based upon what happened with the pathology report. So I'm waiting for the pathology report. Okay. And guess when I was diagnosed officially, you know, after the pathology report and everything, mm -hmm. the same day we learned about Chadwick Bozeman passing away. Mm. So my husband and I are in the basement watching TV and I get the call from my doctor about 6 PM. He calls and I'm just staring at it because I had already heard it once, right? So I'm beknownst to this doctor though. Right. He didn't yeah. know. No one knows. I don't I don't think that this might even be the first time I'm kinda of like saying it out loud in a way. Mm -hmm. But so in this moment, I'm like, okay, God. <laughs> what you gonna do? What you gonna do? <laughs> like, I mean, this not you gonna bust a move, right? Like, how are we doing? Because this? I know this is not my end. I know I got prophecy over my life. I know that there is so much more to me than this so yeah that's what i that's when i learned officially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so now you're literally about to 
privately be in the fight of your life, mm -hmm. literally, right? And then publicly, no one has any idea. I mean, I knew. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think maybe, I know your mother and your sisters knew, uh, maybe a couple of other friends, but that's it. That's it. Like people at work didn't know. I remember you were very clear. Tiffany, I'm telling you this. I have not told anyone else. And I just remember sitting on this phone and I am looking into space because I don't even remember like what it was I was staring at. But all I heard was one of my closest friends is about to have to fight privately. So what weapons we choosing and yeah. how we going, how are we going to get through this? Cause I, I don't think I ever looked at it as Jasmine has X, Y, and Z. I appreciate that. I always looked at it as how we going to get through this. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying that to you on the phone. Okay, we got you. Mm -hmm. Like, all right. Like yeah. in my house, tears are flowing. Right. But on the phone, I'm like, all right, what we, what we going to do? Get yourself together. You get five emotional minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you get five emotional minutes. And if your five emotional minutes mean five weeks or five months, that's cool. But take the time you need, but know that we're going to fight this and we are going to win. And nobody has to know about it if that's how you yeah. want it. It was kind of like, you know, I know and I'm not knocking anybody who shares publicly. They go to social or they, you know, I don't know. They just broadcast it for themselves in a way that makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. But for me, it was more about call for the elders. Who can pray for me? Yeah. Who can give me a word from the Lord to give me the comfort that I need to get through this moment? And so my first thought is not to just broadcast it. It is to hear what God is saying. And what do I need to do to understand what the Lord is saying about the situation? Why this is happening? And to get my marching orders. Because one thing about me. Once I'm laser focused, I'm locked in literally. So if I know what the Lord is saying to me in this moment and what the strategy is to overcome it, that's it. So I don't need people who don't know how to pray or don't believe or don't believe or just don't know what to say. Exactly. Or not um, speaking life or calling you and meaning well. But triggering and dismantling <laughs> things. Yes. I remember one thing that we said, and we said this over again. I remember when we were talking, you were like, well, I have, I'm like, nope, you challenged with. Mm -hmm. I remember like we started rephrasing yeah, how sure. we were talking about I this thing. I have never called it. You've my never owned dis it. I call it the diagnosis. Yeah. And <laughs> like, nah. Like I often say the journey. Like mm -hmm. I never say, I hardly ever give it a name because I don't want to give it energy. And I, you know, I'm one person that really believes that when you, the, the thing you give energy is the thing that grows. For sure. And so I remember us being very intentional when we discussed it what we were discussing and we never really discussed what we didn't want to happen. Mm -hmm. We only focused on exactly what we wanted to happen. And we allow God to deal with the how. Yeah. We just knew that this was going, this is what it is and this will be. And I remember always like we used to say like, you know, all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well with you. Mm hmm. 
Yeah. And look at you now. Yeah. Okay. Look at God. So, so we, we, I think when you started and you embarked on the journey, you had set it up so that this is what we're focusing on. And I mean, sis, you got tunnel vision. Completely got tunnel vision, and you do that with any challenge or project in life. Yeah. It wasn't just this. You wanted to write a book. You got tunnel vision. Yeah. You wanted to do, you know, so you've always done that. But with all of these things being said and all the positive, all the love, the light that we were sharing, um, your family was sharing, your husband, who we'll get to him, <laughs> but your husband was sharing. There were good days mm-hmm. and then there were not so good days. And then there was those bad days that required an extra push. Those days that required some extra encouragement. Those days where if I didn't hear from you for a certain number <laughs> of days, yeah. we were reaching out. I'm like, hey, how you doing? Like, what's going on? And you would just say what was what was happening. I can only imagine the emotional roller coaster. Yeah. I can only imagine. And I heard some of I heard you in real time, in real life. What didn't you show? Well, we know you didn't show the world anything, but what didn't you show the rest of us? Um, I didn't show, you know, the emotion. It wasn't that I was trying to act like nothing was happening. I was kind of thankful for the opportunity to be able to be in private. You know what I mean? We were in a pandemic. Sneakily for me, that was a blessing. I didn't have to go to work. I didn't have to go into the office and be around people that I wasn't planning to share with in the first place. Yeah. You know, these are my coworkers, coworker friends in a way. But, you know, what I didn't share were, you know, there were some nights when I cried or nights literally um, when we would go to go to sleep. My husband would put on, we would listen to healing scriptures all night. Turn on YouTube. Soaking. Soaking scriptures all night. And that's the only thing that was able to help me sleep. Mm-hmm. I know you physically experienced this by yourself. But everybody who said they was there for you and was supporting you, were they were experiencing this thing right along with you. And although we may not have felt it, because there were days where your energy were low, you know, it, there were days when you just didn't have it to give. And I, re- I remember those days and you still tried to give it. I remember people saying, Jasmine, you just need the rest. Like, just rest, Jazz. You just need the rest. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you just need the rest. You want to go walk in. Well, you I, want to, you know, you know. I needed to keep my energy up. Yeah. You know, one of the things that my um, especially when I started with chemotherapy and I know we're going to talk about that, but you know, I needed to, you know, working out, just gives you that energy, you know, just walk in and we were, you know, we'll go riding, riding bikes or different things, especially before the treatment. But I just, that was my way of leaning into, you know, what I know that I needed to do. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't, you know, I guess I, I did the bulk of the work. You know, I got diagnosed in August. I didn't start treatment until December. It was later in that year, I remember. Yeah, I didn't start treatment for a number of reasons. Fertility, preservation. And we're going to get there, yeah. Um, you know, just getting... We didn't just take the first diagnosis. We had several seconds opinions. Um, so for us, it was just... And my book, I was working on my book. It was just so many things. This is what I know. Mm -hmm. And what the people don't know Mm -hmm. is that, okay, so the diagnosis came in the summer. Mm -hmm. 
in between August and December, I think mm -hmm. it was, you were working on your book. Yes. <laughs> you were taking care of me. <laughs> like people don't know, like you literally, I had my surgery to remove my, uh, those lumps mm -hmm. in October. You would send big <laughs> deliveries of food like to my house. And I'm look, I'm sitting here like this girl has her own thing going on. But she like, what y'all want to eat this week? Well, and then she stopped calling me. You called Jace. And you asked Jace because, you know, because I was like, she can't do all of this for us. She need to do what she need to do for her. And you would be like, well, what? Panera would show up. Then, you know, like all kinds of food would show up. And I'm thinking like, well, who's doing this for you? And I remember being stuck because I couldn't even move my arms at the time. But as soon as I was able to move my arms and I was like, okay, God, you know what you're doing. Cause I was down, but December I got up. Okay. In December I got up and that's when you started going in for like surgery. Yeah. Um, and I remember trying to find a juice place. Like where can I get her some cold pressed juice? Mm -hmm. I can't be there to press it for her, but she, I know she will drink this, you know, yeah, you know cause you, you, I'm juicing, getting, and that's you my juicing <laughs> and you taking, you know, herbs and things of that nature. And maybe you're not eating food because, you know, I hear that treatment, you mess with your taste buds and we'll get there. But I just remember like, okay, God's never going to put everybody down at the same time. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Somebody going to be up. So when you, when I was down, you was up and you did a great job. Mm -hmm. You were still being a great friend walking around with this heavy, heavy thing to carry. You were still being a great wife. You were still being a great sister. You were still being a great daughter. You were still working at full capacity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and then you decided you was going to take on another project. I remember you called me like, I just got to work on this book. And what do you think about this? And can you read it? I'm thinking like, this girl has lost her mind. Oh, no, 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 but the The book was in, I was, I started working on a book um, during the pandemic. I know. You wanted to finish it before. No, the Lord. Spoke okay. to me and okay. said, finish the book by September. Oh, I remember that conversation. Yeah. The Lord spoke to me. I was getting up and I felt like I had this mandate on my life. Finish this book. Like my husband was like, I want to go this place this weekend. I want to travel here. I'm like, no, the only time I have to write is on the weekend. Like I'm working full time and I need to write. So that's the time on the evenings or on the weekends when I had the time to kind of have that dedicated time. But the, I lied to you not. Before we traveled back in at August 2020, I finished the first draft July. So I started and gave me a hefty deadline to finish <laughs> reading it. Let's be clear. Be but, honest. But the thing is, God knows. He told me finish by September. I finished at least the first draft and I started working with the um, self-publishing consultant mm -hmm. when I was in Florida. And the editing started. And then, the editing and all that. So while I was going through this diagnosis well i said well now lord i know why you told me to finish the book yeah it made sense everything you know and everything aligns some of the things that i wrote in my book heart rhythms um surviving singleness with faith know-how and grit i had to kind of like reach back and lean into and apply and apply for this moment i said well god you got a funny way of showing up <laughs> Listen, but at least God show up. Okay, I don't care if you fun up. I don't care if you um show up funny acting. Just show up for me, you know. Yeah. And thank you for showing up for my friend. You you mentioned something earlier. You said like this diagnosis came only what a year after being married. Mm -hmm. Your husband was now not just your husband. 
it was he was the caregiver, caretaker, right? And so those vows went into play. Yeah, immediately. Okay. <laughs> those I mean, sooner than I think either one of you thought that y'all were gonna sure. have to like make good and stand ten toes down on what you said, you know? Sure. So the thing is, what God will give you exactly what you ask God for just to see if you're gonna do what you said you was going to do. How about that? Right. And so um, your husband was your caregiver. Uh, how did this affect your future? Because, see, I know some other things y'all were working on mm -hmm. during this time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you want to share that. You can if you would like. Um, but y'all were working on some other things. So how did that affect the future? Well, you know, um, I guess we had decided after we got married that we wanted to wait one year before we started, started family planning. Imagine that time and impact. Right. How about that? So he said, we're going to wait a year, you know, and he, he's the one, how about this, um, that encouraged me to see a fertility doctor mm. before we, before that year was up, he was like, I think you should go and we, let's talk about freezing eggs. Let's do all that. You know, I guess he know, well, she older, you know, <laughs> you know, is he, that what he said? <laughs> no, he didn't no, say he didn't. that. Exactly. But acknowledging <laughs> that we were not young when we got married. Okay. So yeah. the knowledge in that. You know, we needed, and maybe it was, I don't want to say maybe, but maybe it was God leading them. So, you know, I said, oh, okay. I hadn't really thought about it much, actually. You know, and that's, by the way, I wish people, doctors would encourage older women who still want to have kids to, you know, look into Well, let's, let's, let's operationally <laughs> define this old word you keep well, using I'm because. Saying, I'm saying fertility when wise you are older old. past 35 even 30 some women have challenge even though some women in their 20s have don't challenge. they start calling us like geriatric pregnancies yes they do yes yeah, they do but I take it's true that we <laughs> biologically science we would trust the science what happened to the new the new 30 is 40 and the no, new like no not when it comes to them eggs <laughs> them eggs go away every those year eggs. Those, those eggs that we need to be fertilized they need okay all right fine all right you know what i'm saying so my point is just to check just check get I your like level i'm here to for see it. what's going on where you are in the stage of life and if you're okay. good that's not your way but for me that's what we decided we went and i started seeing a facility doctor in january of i guess it was um 2020 that reminds me of this book um soul print by mm. mark batterson mm -hmm. so it talks about how just how we have a fingerprint we have a soul print and if you look back on your life everything that you did prior to it readies you for the next thing mm -hmm. and you saying you know wait god saying to write the book by september you write it by july you get a diagnosis in august mm -hmm. okay then you said brian came in like oh why don't we just check the fertility doctor out? Yeah. Let's start working with the fertility doctor. You start doing that prior to, so right. you know where you are, you know what you're dealing with. And I believe that, you know, knowledge is power, right? So when you know what you're working with, right. you also know what you have access to and resources that you might need to get. Right. So, um, okay, bro, I hear you. <laughs> My bro said, let me, let me put all this Listen. in order. And all of those things led up to you being yeah. properly prepared for what was next. We started seeing them. I went through the various tests that you go through when you start that process and everything seemed fine. Right. So we were kind of going to start the egg preservation process. Then COVID hit and the hospitals closed. So we did not get to that part. Okay. So 
that's what we were kind of like planning. We were planning for our family. And so when I get the diagnosis, I called the doctor, sent her emergency message like, I need to do this now. And so she's shocked when she get this message, you know, actually when I end up having my appointment, letting her know what the diagnosis was and all of those things. And they consulted with my uh, doctors, the oncologists, the whole care team, if you will, that was involved to, to determine next steps, whether I could or had time enough to go through egg preservation or whether, um, you know, I just needed to just jump right into treatments and things. So it was decided that I did have time. And so that's what, like one of the things, like sometimes people feel rushed to do certain things. Like I said, I got diagnosed August. I didn't start treatment until December. Right. And that's particularly because we were going through, like I said, second and third opinions, as well as we went through the egg preservation process and I was able to freeze some eggs. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That's a lesson, <laughs> you know. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Um, so we, we go through this. So now we're in December, right? We mm -hmm. are at the end of 2020. Uh, and so now treatment starts. Walk me through the treatment plan and um i i was able to witness well you didn't even want to show me some of the effects mm -hmm. that the treatment had on you but you did and mm -hmm. i love you mm -hmm. and you know i held space for that um because i know you mm -hmm. you'll go you'll go in inward mm -hmm. you know what i mean when because it's safe there um but sometimes us going inward is not so safe when it attacks things that we are used to having mm -hmm. our hair yeah our fingernails yeah you know how you long know. my hair was and i know how <laughs> thick it was yes. and i remember you used to complain about how thick the hair was <laughs> and we was we used to be in the office trying to you know work it out and mm -hmm. you know but your hair was resilient then and it is resilient yes, now. <laughs> so shout out to thick hair. Shout out to all those days you was mad and took five hours for it to dry. When you wanted to go out right away, like it is always a reason for it. So let's let's go through treatment. Um, yeah. How so, did that work? It took me a lot to even decide that I was going to go through chemo. I know. And I remember one time you said to me, Jazz, take the chemo. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, you my girl, right? And we sometimes when you get to a certain level in friendship, all the niceties got to go out the window sometimes because your fear will start getting in. And I have never been that friend to let fear stop my friends from doing anything. Do it afraid. But we're going to do it. So it was like, like you said, I'm not a big go to the doctor kind of person obviously i get my it's not my treatments but you know physicals and i see my gynecologist you know regularly all those things but as far as taking a lot of medicine now you do that with food and and, roots. and i'm i'm the fruit food fruits how we change not diet girl yeah so it's not it was like do i need this are you sure that i need this it was it's more like Wait a minute. Tell me again why I need this. Exactly. Is this the only, absolute, only way? Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember. So we had so many diagnoses, and I want to um, also kind of like, kind of just acknowledge, you know, the, not my full care team in a sense of I work with a compound pharmacist. And he's a licensed practicing medical doctor pharmacist. He just compounds medicine, but he does not focus on uh, pain meds or any type of kind of narcotic type of pain medication. He does all herbs, all roots, all kind of healthy 
kind of ways to treat illnesses. And so he focuses on a whole person in different ways than most doctors. Right. And I, sneakily, I was re recommended to him for something else dealing with fibroids I by remember. my gynecologist. She not only does That was she, the man who did the packs, right? Uh, what, you, what you mean? The packs you used to put on your stomach. Oh, the castor oil packs and all of <laughs> yeah. you know that. You know all kinds of natural things. I'm into. I like, remember because you try? told me to. Tim, you might need to get a pack. <laughs> <laughs> so he like helped me. I want to say prepare my body for chemo. Absolutely. So we worked together out with a plan to say, okay, you're not having treatment till X date. We got two three months to get this right. So I was on high dose herbs and um, types of met, um, vitamin type supplements, if you will, mm -hmm. to help prepare my body. I was on some medications um, to help preserve my hair and help with hair growth and to help with joint pain, all kinds of things that come with the side effects of going through chemotherapy. Proper preparation. So I'm taking my bedroom <laughs> nice and like a pharmacy, pharmacy right just herbs and i'm juicing um my mother and sister are helping me they're juicing for me at this point you know every two weeks get, delivering me jar mason jars full of kale juice spinach juice or just a mix of fruit and vegetable juices because that's one at that time there was just preparing and cleansing, you know, cleansing my body, preparing my body for the chemo, which they helped. They did that up until I finished chemo and even after. Mm -hmm. But um, it's like my whole care team. Village. Not only, you know, did I have an oncologist, a surgeon, but I also had a compound natural pharmacist, natural doctor. Um, my mother, who was helping me with the food side Your of things. spiritual care. My spiritual care. Even my, our pastor that we um, consult with, who actually married us. Um, my husband's pastor, um, Apostle Anya Ho, was very influential in that. Another woman who, like, literally, I have to acknowledge, you know, not just them, but also, like, my whole care team, as far as my spiritual advisors, my mindset, all of that led me to getting ready for chemo, right? And, like, literally, there was a woman who I had not spoken to uh, since, I guess it was maybe 2013, 2014. She lives in Turks and Caicos, or did live in Turks and Caicos in the Caribbean, West, um, West Indies. And she calls me out of the blue. <laughs> and she says, calls me on WhatsApp. She got my number from somebody and says, she started singing to me. I am the guy who healeth thee. Mm. She don't, mind you, I told you I ain't told nobody. <laughs> At this point, not even my aunts, my, my mom's sisters. And the people who knew couldn't say anything. I remember you were know. very stern with us. And by this time, so the Lord had that woman to call me and tell me that the Lord had assigned her to my case and that she was going to be praying for me. She didn't even know what was going on. So it was people like that who were showing up for me, my my. The doctors and the, I call all those people my care team, my village. If, if that's if the that's term you want to use, we all. I feel like it was a village mentality. Yeah, and so I start. I get my port place in November, November thirtieth. I know. I told you I know all these, <laughs> these dates. I get the port place uh, on my right side and my chest. Emma, you showed me. And <laughs> um, I start chemo early December. I think it was like December the second few days later 
Yeah. It was and scary. it was tough, you know, really, really tough. I would have anxiety the night before I had chemo. So I had to have basically 16 treatments. So I had, so triple negative. And you were counting down. I remember like the <laughs> countdown was real. Like, Yeah, triple negative breast cancer is one of the most aggressive uh, forms of breast cancer that you can be diagnosed with. And um, typically, you know, it's diagnosed for African-American women. Um, but there was no history of you know some of those genes that they test you for i had right. um the 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 testing to te test my genes i did not have the BRCA one or BRCA two mm -hmm. genes but something's going on because like i said my grandmother and my great grandmother were diagnosed mm -hmm. and so having said that you know going through those 16 treatments so the first four treatments were high dose treatments every other week and they told me that my hair was going to fall out maybe by the second treatment. My hair did not fall out completely until like the third or fourth treatment. That hair was like, and I am telling you, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going. It, okay. it did not so. all the way fall out. It started, I guess, falling out, I guess, in the middle and the sides. And then one day I just got in the mirror and said, it's time to, it's time to cut it. Hey guys, I hope you've enjoyed my story and my testimony. I can't say that it's been easy to tell my story in this way, but I hope you're able to glean a little something from me to help you with your personal triumphs and struggles. So that's a wrap for part one of my testimony. But wait, there's more. Check out part two on YouTube or on the Girl Go Global podcast. And by the way, I'd love to learn more about what you think or for you to tell me about a time when you walk with God through a healing journey. But that's all for now. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.